Man, I have seen some shit. Brother, I ain't never seen no shit like this. Word. another episode of Kill James Bond. I am Alex Gordwell-Kelly. I'm joined, as always, by my friends Abigail Thorne and Devon. Hello. How you doing? We're all back, all three of us, finally. <laughs> That's right. It's us again. That's right. <laughs> the sort of the fallow years of doing it with only, only sort of like two of the triad have ended. But first up, we got to do a statement, a statement which I'm going to deliver entirely off the cuff, which is always a good sign. That's how you want to do your big statement. Things right? are happening in the world at the moment. The yes. world it's of most notably, cinema. Yeah, the world of cinema uh, located, as we know, in Hollywood, California. Now, in Hollywood, California, the movies that we know and love are made by people. They're made by labor. It's a, it's a commodity. It involves labor. And the labor that makes those movies, in this case, the writers and the actors are currently on strike against the uh, AMPTP, the like conglomeration of Hollywood studios and movie producers. Mm-hmm. Um, and under that strike, anything made under those rules, under those contracts which they're striking against, which is basically any Hollywood movie since about 1930, that is like struck work. You can't do anything with it if you are a member of uh, the Screen Actors Guild, SAG-AFTRA, if you're a member of the the Writers Guild of America, um, or if you want to be in future. Yes, you can't promote it. And also this applies to anybody who might want to become a member in future, which listeners includes your humble servant, Abby Thorne. Mm. That's right. So obviously, upon figuring this out several months late, uh, what we did was we sought some guidance from SAG-AFTRA and from Equity, which is the union that Abby's in, mm-hmm. which is not on strike because it's illegal for them to be yes. uh, without doing uh, a strike ballot. And... The conclusion we got is essentially, we're fine, but we don't feel great about covering stuff that no other podcast could be doing. Because, you know, we're not Americans, you know, we're not, we're also not promoting stuff. Yeah, I, you so know, maintain our, our podcast that comes under film criticism, which is mm-hmm. exempt. Yeah. yeah, something that will become very apparent during the course of this episode in particular is that we aren't promoting these movies. No, um, no, no, no. I, I will no say this to you now. <laughs> saying if do a movie not, is bad. Not, do not, not see, <laughs> do not go, do not go and watch Rambo off of this. But uh, yeah, so I, I think mostly where we come down on it is... It doesn't feel good to be mm-hmm. to be doing Hollywood movies, and we want to do some sort of like measure of solidarity with the people who make the movies, mm-hmm. uh, which are you know that we talk about. So, what we're doing, the plan, tentatively mm-hmm. as it is, subject to any further guidance coming out, is we're going to finish up Rambo, the franchise, and do a couple more bonus episodes, and then we're going to pivot. We're going to pivot into the season of solidarity. Mm-hmm. Um, and until the strike is over, until further notice, we're going to try and do as many non-Hollywood, which is at least non-US made, movies as we can. That's right. Talking foreign so film, independence, British films, things mm-hmm. like this. New Zealand Regret films? To I've got a few up my sleeve. We, we yeah. can go partially, though not entirely, Japanese. Listener, long-time listeners will, will note all of the movies that I tend to like 
They're all fine. <laughs> I, can bring, I can bring the fucking Hong Kong Kung Fu shit. Oh, no yeah. worries. Yeah. We, it, we're, all, we're all playing to our strengths in different ways. You can bring the Hong Kong Kung Fu shit, Abby can make us all watch anime, and I can do the introductory studies in French film course that I've always wanted to teach. <laughs> Dev can um, also make us watch anime. <laughs> also, yeah, so, <laughs> so, so this is our big solidarity gesture that is honestly not that difficult for us we're going to be doing that going forward we're going to like try our best it's quite difficult to work out what is and isn't struck work which is why every podcast that like actually has to observe this like but you know really has to is struggling we're in the fortunate position of just doing it because we feel like it and so we're going to do that and then we're also going to look at like some ways of materially supporting the strike we're going to try and put some like links in the description that you can donate to strike funds uh and yeah, we're going to look into what we can do on our end. But in the meantime, it, it, it is like a crucial moment in the business of making films. And if you want making films to continue to be a viable endeavor, then, you know, th- these are the people who are doing it and they need your support. Yes. Um, and, and, and listeners, I, we, if we have, if our, if our relationship, listener, our parasocial relationship means anything to you, uh, then uh, please do support the, the strikes because as somebody who is just starting out making movies and was just <laughs> starting to get to a place where it looks like that might actually be a, a, like a cool thing that I could do in my career. Uh, it would really be nice if the industry did not entirely burn to the fucking ground uh, yeah, because it's replaced too by, by an AI. Yeah, I would really like to not be replaced by an AI. I just started this career of just starting to get roles that are actually cool so if you would like to see me in more things please do support this because it is uh, an existential fight for the future of the entire industry hmm. absolutely yeah completely agree all right that's i think that's the statement that's the statement so now with that in mind we can talk about <laughs> think, a movie we've gone are... from something oh, quite intellectual and moral and higher-minded now let's take hmm. a look at rambo 4 fuck me two pieces rambo, rambo 4 yeah. the quest for Ram- rambo the rambo universe yeah rambo 4 the rambo that's just called rambo rambo, rambo fourth blood, blood part 4 <laughs> rambo fourth blood um, which <laughs> begins with uh, the movie sort of like grabbing you by the lapels and going, listen up, you stupid bastard. Here is what and where Burma is. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be quite selective about what we tell you. Um, if you're not familiar, Burma is a country... Uh, reading from the Wikipedia page here, Burma is a country in Southeast Asia. It has a horrific military dictatorship. And we start with some like legitimate... like shock movies some like uh yeah. snuff films yeah so um, it, it opens with like real footage of yep. uh war in burma which is like genuinely horrific i did not need to see that and was quite disturbed by it you can in certain movies use real real footage of historical like crimes like judgment at nuremberg very famously used real footage and it is absolutely harrowing but it is used to good effect and it is like cushioned by the film this like cannot stress enough the opening shot of this film is like real human beings being killed and mutilated and it's like yeah. oh and, oh and you and you know that the payoff for this is going to be a rambo movie it's yeah. going to be handled with the tact and sensitivity that we've come to expect long long time listeners will know that i love to um analyze a movie as if it was trying to say something even when it patently wasn't so like 
movies that we've talked about in the past that have absolutely nothing to say. I like to analyze them like they, they're trying to really put forward something. This movie is genuinely trying to put forward something, and it fucking sucks at every turn. First and foremost, yes. uh, this doesn't work. Putting, putting like real war footage, real war photographs in front of people doesn't ever work. It never has. It didn't work in Vietnam for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a John Berger essay about this. It's like people, yeah. people thought that the, the photographs of Vietnam War didn't really work to galvanize the public for a number of reasons. One is they thought people got inured to it. To, and the other one is that people thought, these guys are very far away. They're not the same as me. It's fine. Neither of these are true. The, real, the thing that Berger puts forward is that for a second, you are caught up by the photograph and you go, oh my God, that's awful. And then you spend the entire rest of the time thinking about your own situation in relation to this. You start thinking about, oh, I must be such an awful person, but I'm not thinking about this all the time. You flagellate and then mm. eventually you just stop because it sucks to do that. That's why this doesn't yeah. work. And it's, it's not productive. It's not meaningful. It's not linked to yeah. anything. Trying to explain um, Vietnam War photography to an American audience. Imagine John Burke. <laughs> <laughs> really good, really solid. All right, pretty good, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> We're back, baby. Okay. <laughs> so, so we get some like some footage of legit war crimes, real yes. war crimes committed Full human by, corpses the, on by the Burmese military, the Tamandor, mm-hmm. uh, and a news anchor reading over it says the Karen people. So they mispronounce. They pronounce. They say that the Karen people comprised mostly of poor Christian farmers have been singled out for extermination. Now this is immediately, this is the movie setting its stall out, and it's wrong in several (laughs) crucial details. Mm -hmm. This is going to become very important. First of all, and take this apart, uh, the the, the Karen are poor Christian farmers. They're not all Christian, right? That's a big split in, like, Karen sort of, like, uh, resistance to, uh, like, Burmese war crimes and the Burmese military dictatorship is some of them are Christian, some of them are Buddhist, some of them are animist. Um, The idea that this is specifically an oppressed group of Christians, right, when on the numbers it's only like 30%, this is a real sort of, like, this is a standard for the US evangelical right. Uh, in the uh, same way that the Afghans be. used to be. Um, mm-hmm. If we're familiar with uh, a, a group called the Free Burma Rangers, there's this insane former American Special Forces officer, a bit like Rambo, called Dave Eubank, um, who does, by all accounts, pretty good like humanitarian work with uh, Karen people and other people who are like being uh, genocided and being ethnic cleansed by the Burmese military. Uh, but explicitly on an evangelical basis, and on the basis that, like, you know, God has sent me here in order to make you Christians and in order to, like, help you to resist tyranny, right? That's the framework uh, that this movie is taking, is these are people who are oppressed by virtue of being Christians, they are all Christians, and that's why they're being oppressed. Um, I was struck reading about this. what Hmm. um, What is the reason for the actual violence? Is well, it, I was struck well, by gasoline this. gasoline prices, actually, but like, there's a little oh, bit more okay. to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I was, I, I was struck by this. Uh, I, I, I read one thing in a history of Burma that says there are, you know, a, about a hundred different ethnic minority groups in Burma, and um, the Burmese military has uh, attempted to ethnically cleanse all of them. 
Now this most notably recently includes the Rohingya who are Muslims and you know therefore not in this movie, right? Uh, we we exhausted our sympathy on Muslims with Rambo three, um, but also like a whole bunch of different people who live in what is like now constituted as Burma. And part of the reason why this is the case is like the long legacy of British colonialism, um, Burma never really having had a successful democratic government because of like you know assassinations upon assassinations and recriminations. Um, but yeah, it's it's not really. I've I've I haven't had this explained to me as like a religious conflict in any meaningful way. It's an it's an an ethnic conflict. It's a national conflict, and I, I've sort of like heard the current sort of like attempt to resist the Burmese government described like by analogy as being like the Kurds. Right? Um, it's it's not a particularly like religiously inflected fight. Um, it is, however, as the movie correctly says one of the longest running civil wars um because it's been going since 1948 and sort of like and then some depending on how you count um so yes that's that's the sort of like that's the serious background to all of this and i'm i'm sure i'm butchering some of this but this is my sort of like best recollection right it's better well, than the movie rambo yes. 4 does yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. speaking of butchering, um, we then cut from the uh, real violence to some gratuitous fictional violence. So an mm. army truck pulls over and oh, a bunch of prisoners are unloaded and they are forced to run across a, a minefield, but the guy throws the mines? Yeah, what, it's what a kind rice paddy and he chucks the mines in. To, well, it's not really, I mean, <laughs> facially, it's a rice paddy and he chucks the mines in so they can't see where they are and makes them mm. run through mm. it. But this is... Violence for the sake of violence for the cinema. I don't like yeah, it. At all. The, yeah, the practical yeah, it's, effects it's, are very gruesome. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. people get blown up by just to get turned into red chunks, basically. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's very confected. Not to do this like cinema sins ding about war crimes, but that's not how landmines work, and that's not why they're like bad. It's like for the most part, it's people who don't know that there are or like are aware that there are landmines in an area, but like they have to live or work there anyway. Mm -hmm. um, like yeah, Rambo the point three of it is psychological. closer yeah. to you know. Mm -hmm. um, well, we but do yeah, so we do meet our villain for the film, uh, a man who I don't mm -hmm. think is named, but uh, I referred to him in my notes as Captain Sunglasses. Um, yep. the leader of these Burmese soldiers who oh, is yeah the bad guy of the movie he's always wearing sunglasses that's how you know who he is um, and he, he looks on at this very coldly he's running the show but he's not really you know not really mm. bothered by it he's named in the credits as Major Tint but it never comes up and it's never on dialogue no. so sunglasses man it is um, and then we cut very matter of factly with no no sort of build up or anything which I thought was an interesting choice um, hmm. we just cut to our boy Rambo and it's, it's been Oh God, how long has it been? It's been, what, 20 years? Since yeah, 2008 to uh, 1988, yeah. He's, he's stayed in Thailand. Um, yeah, he's still in Thailand. He's using his powers for good. Yeah. Older, obviously. Every third person in Thailand is still a Buddhist monk. That's correct, uh, yes. Which mm -hmm. I appreciate. That's how you know you're in Thailand. <laughs> it's, it's like Rambo lives in rural Ireland. Every third motherfucker is wearing a cassock. It's yeah. like... Yeah. He's he's so fucking big. <laughs> he's so yeah. fucking big. And they're filming him like he's a normal guy. Like he's just going about activities and they're filming it. And it's inherently comical because he is colossal. And yeah. And he's in a country where the average height is about a foot shorter than over here. So like even even for here he's colossal, but he's walking around in Thailand. 
The man is a titan. It's crazy. He looks like a there's stone a, an, talus. An it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. There's an accidental, perfect, like, top-secret-style visual joke, which is uh, when someone comes looking for Rambo, inevitably, a guy points him out, which <laughs> is... <laughs> yeah, and it cuts across and he's half the frame. How did you miss yeah. this man? Yeah, uh, yeah. Rambo. Rambo. Uh, has, he's packed in the stick fighting that he used to mm -hmm. do. Yeah. And instead, what he does now is he catches snakes for a snake fighting. Yeah. Show. Sure, yeah, man. The snakes that he's capturing are for a show in which a man just like bothers cobras. Yeah. He just kind of gets into a ring don't, with cobras. Don't say then... that you wouldn't watch Cobra Bother. <laughs> it just irritates the cobras. Yeah, I've got, I've got like rings. Sorry, the cobras I've got like, like ringside seats for Cobra Annoyer. Yeah. I've seen the house, baby. <laughs> the the boss of the show is just like Rambo. I need more cobras. You gotta get me more cobras. Like cobras, the table five, yeah. and Rambo's like, ah, fuck off. Like, yeah, they're like ordering specific snakes off Rambo. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> like Amazon for snakes. <laughs> well, the Amazon for snakes is indeed the Amazon. Yeah, it's, it's a oh, Amazon, yeah. <laughs> I should I should also say Rambo is well. Sylvester Stallone is slurring quite badly mm. all of his lines in all of this and so like he would just go yeah snakes yeah. and sort of rambo syndrome is in advanced stages at this point he's got mm. nothing left yeah. he's got tertiary rambosis um <laughs> but the the boss is like rambo i need i need i need two cobras three ball pythons a corn snake uh -huh. and a side of fries and then a tiramisu, <laughs> and then Rambo's like, nah, fuck off, I don't want to, I'm on a break, or whatever. It's like, I'm done. Um, and then, white people arrive. Yes, someone yeah. comes in and, and asks, and I, it's not clear what he asks, because it's in the background, you stick with Rambo, and like these these guys come in in the background and ask after him, and you're just like, hey man, have you seen the biggest fucking guy on earth? Is he around here? And like, yeah, that's him. Like, alright, beautiful. You see this Goron looking motherfucker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, the thing is, if you're asking after Rambo, you have such an easy fucking job. Because you yeah, walk into Thailand, true. you're like, have you seen Rambo? And they're like, yes, 100%. Yeah. So guy, these yes. people are soy, right? There is a soy guy called Michael Burnett, played by Paul Schultz. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's like, uh, I'm a pussy. Please take me and my friends over the border into Burma, like on your river boat that you use for snake catching. Mm -hmm. And Rambo's just like, no, I don't want to do it. Yeah, um, he says we are we're missionaries. Um, mm -hmm. We are bringing the medical supplies and yeah. prayer books. We don't have weapons. No. Mm -hmm. And Rambo's yeah. like, which is a problem because the Tamador have a fucking load of weapons. Yeah, you should as really we'll have this. Yeah. And Rambo's like, no, fuck off. You can't change anything. What you think you're gonna like? pray the situation better in Burma and then the guy's like oh come on don't you want to help the world and Rambo's just like ah fuck the world nah yeah. he goes yeah. no, I'm uh, refusing uh, the call however <laughs> he does however the soy guy does have a woman with him <gasps> a woman? and she is like Karen people what about Karen people huh and mm -hmm. just comes at him after thank you I worked really hard on that one mm -hmm. if anyone tells me it's racially offensive I'm gonna like walk into the sea um <laughs> she she <laughs> She comes back to his fucking hut after dark and she's like but Rambo all lives matter this is very close to what he actually says by the way she's genuinely like uh, I gotta, you gotta change the world. 
she's she's cinema wet in this scene whereas he's fully wet so he's absolutely (laughs) soaked to pieces whereas her clothes are soaked and her face is completely dry Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, I'm not, I don't trust you because you're fucking cinema wet. If yeah. you were a real G, you'd be soaked like me. That's true. And she, she's trying to like impose on him in a sort of like earnestly feminine way. But the problem yes. here is that Rambo, Rambo hasn't loved a woman <laughs> since his Vietnamese girlfriend. And he gave her necklace away to a kid who grew up to do 9 11 or kill Nate or whatever. Like, it, <laughs> we don't support that the kid killed Nate. No. It's really unfortunate for us. I should have said trying um, to kill Nate. Nate has not no, been it killed. Took, no, it took Nate him out. It's a shame. A um, um, we need a, we're looking for a new editor, really. Just- that kid <laughs> that that kid that like Rambo gave his like dead Vietnamese girlfriend's necklace to, statistically, is of an age and at a time yes. to have like taken a shot at our producer, right? Um yeah, and Rambo is sort of like <laughs> Rambo is sort of like <laughs> He doesn't have room in his life for like this kind of this kind of femininity, you know. Yeah, Rambo's um, like, no, I'm refusing the call. Then, no, we, then yeah. we get another scene of Captain Sunglasses doing the same thing. The soldiers are like mm-hmm. betting on the prisoners. It's more just like gratuitous, like, oh, the situation in Burma is really bad. It's basically the same scene we saw earlier on. Like, oh, yeah. it even looks like it was filmed on the hey, same worry. day. Another one's happening later. A lot of padding in this. Yeah. 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 Weirdly a lot of padding, because it's like mm. 90 fucking minutes. Like, this is not yeah. a oh, it's long struggled film. to reach that. It's yeah. 91 um, minutes, and there is a ton of fat on these fucking bones. Yeah. Mm. So she goes back to the, to the, the missionaries. She goes, she, she, goes, she goes to the Rambo Forge. <laughs> Fuck, I forgot about the Rambo Ra- Forge. Rambo's forging oh Narsil. God, I forgot. He's holding the fucking hammer so far down. Like, what are you doing, man? You're gonna have, you, He's going to tire himself out. You, can, you have to hold it right yeah. up the hill. Anyway, we finally get the scene where he forges his own knife. They cut it from Rambo yes. 3. They wouldn't let him do it. Mm. He's doing it now, baby. Well, that doesn't happen until later. Now, now, no, no, he's just in, he's just oh, in he the Rambo so Forge. Right. So we establish that he has a forge. And Sarah mm-hmm. comes back and says, like, hey, can I give you the call to adventure? He's like, no, I'm actually still refusing that, but thank you. Um, <laughs> try, try one more time later. Um, and then we cut, we, again, more padding. We cut back to this village where Captain Sunglasses is rounding up young boys to turn There's them into child soldiers. There's a lot of fucking will they, won't they, about Rambo doing the thing. Yeah, it's like, Rambo, we know you Rambo for, yeah, come on, like... Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, he takes some child soldiers and makes some some threats. So like again, for the third time, we've established like shit is bad in Burma. We know. Thank you. Only, only time they bother to like uh, subtitle that guy. He doesn't I'm, get to speak much. I've but- got to write yeah. about that in the third yeah. act of this fucking film. Don't worry. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll get that. <laughs> that one's uh, on lock. <laughs> then Rambo goes yeah. to the Ramboat, um, and <laughs> Sarah Sarah is on is on the boat. And then yeah. it's raining at night, and and you know it's all very dramatic. And and then she's like, "Can I give you the call to adventure?" She's like, "No, so fuck off! I'm not doing it." Yeah. But she's like, "Look, I'm here to make a difference, um, and I want to change the world." And Rambo's like, "You can't change the world. People can't change. Um, violence mm-hmm. is always going to happen. It's in our nature." He says, "Peace is an accident. Um, killing yep. is like really, really easy. Violence killing is, is as like easy as breathing." Yeah, which is a good line. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, but uh, that's the, like the only good line in the movie because the rest of the dialogue. Yeah, is unfortunately, just, like, he delivers thick. it like, <laughs> which is um, sort of undercuts. Probably why I don't remember that line. <laughs> yeah. So Rambo is basically <laughs> yeah. just like, look, violence is is endemic to human nature. Like, go home. Live a nice mm-hmm. life in the US, like and be free, be free of whatever you can. Um, because you know, I don't care about anybody. And she says, you know, you must care. 
you must care about something because if you didn't care, you would have just taken the money and then left us there for dead. Or you would have like taken the money, like taken us up the river and then fucked off. Like you must care. Hmm. And Rambo's like, okay, fine, I'm accepting the call. Like, God fucking damn it, all right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll accept uh, the this call. Is, to is this now the point at which he forges the big fucking knife? No, still no, not. He that doesn't, doesn't do that yet. Yeah. Okay. No, watch this. This I watched this like two weeks ago. Yeah, okay. Yeah, first, first out. We watched this movie uh, expecting to record it maybe four episodes ago. Yeah. And I, I yeah. gotta tell you, I did not find it in my soul to rewatch it. No, I gave it a no. real thought and it was like, no. Alright, so so he, he takes them up the river. Right, uh, yeah. he, we get like a little bit of background about each of the missionaries. One of them uh michael you know the soy jack guy her husband he's like a soy kind of doctor Mm -hmm. um there's like a soy dentist there's like a soy i don't know and then she's like a i I don't know what she does she just her her role is girl she's a christian missionary she's the girl in the gang unfortunately she's a white woman also we get this interesting line where she where she and rambo have this conversation about like uh, the USA and Rambo's just like oh I actually haven't been back in like tw- I have not been back since like Rambo yeah, since I killed yeah, like since dozens I of cops taken out of prison yeah I'm probably like wanted actually like yeah that's probably not good yeah um, what's the statute of limitations on uh, Roaring Rampage of Revenge yeah. like is that like yeah. 20 years yeah <laughs> and she says do you probably have any family fine. stateside and he's like oh I think my dad might still be alive which is the first we've heard of this guy um, so you know my dad used to live in Arizona I don't know maybe I've not been back um, she says oh you know it's like really different you know and like you should consider going back there maybe like 9-11 happened it's 2008 and I feel bad about maybe helping cause <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah he feels bad because like one of his like adopted son figures like passport was found on the street man <laughs> That's why he's been staying in in in, uh, in Thailand is yeah. because he's now like linked. He's gonna go to fucking Guantanamo if he also, goes back to the U.S. Rambo's passport is definitely out of date. He can't go back. <laughs> Does he? Ha- he doesn't have like Thai citizenship either. He's like a stateless person. Uh, so anyway, um, so they go on the boat down the river, and there's some like lights and some party music off to one side, and Rambo goes. Ah, Burmese River Pirates, which I'm reliably informed is not a thing. And okay, these Burmese River Pirates, if they're you are having a Burmese their, like, River Pirate, and you're listening to this show, right in, <laughs> kill James Bond. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't kill James Bond slash contacts. Just let us know. Like, what are you up to? Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> these look, Burmese. Look, if you are a Burmese estuary pirate, stop fucking writing in. I'm sick of getting your messages. Yeah. We do not want to hear from you. Burmese we Delta pirates. <laughs> Burmese no. river pirates own Oxbow Lake. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. If you're in Oxbow Lake right now, you can fuck right off. There's no two ways. <laughs> I really thought I would have to deal with Oxbow Lakes much more than I've had to in my later life. I learned about in them quite gen- often. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So these Burmese river pirates, it's their works <laughs> night out, I guess. Yeah, yeah. because out. they're not really doing any river pirate. I, I would say if it's you're doing of river the day piracy, too, like they're just hanging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the things that you need to do when you're doing some river piracy is watch the river. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> They're listening to an episode of Kill James Bond, man. They're distracted. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so Rambo's like, okay, cool. We'll, we'll sneak past them in the boat. Um, mm. This does not work. One of them looks over from their episode of Kill James Bond and is like, hey, get them. Right? Hey, is um, that Rambo? They, they, they have a PT boat, which... How did it get there? Why did they... Whatever. Anyway, um, they pull the thing alongside, 
And Rambo's like, don't look them in the eyes or they'll kill you. To which I wrote, why? Yeah, um, I, I, much I like always, yeah, why? Tyrannosaur for this, I think. Mm. Like this. Unusual thing to take offense at. Mm. Yeah, so we get some, of course, we get some white woman peril, right? Which is, oh, the, they're going me. past all the, like, soy missionaries, <laughs> and the soy missionaries are like... <laughs> so, I just thought it was like, kind of funny, maybe slightly offensive. Just the virus are all, like, really autistic. <laughs> they just can't make eye contact, man. It's Listen, it makes them uncomfortable. The pirates have scopophobia? They're just, they're really shy. The scopophobic Burmese river pirates. Like, Don't right, look them in the eye. It makes them feel uncomfortable. The, they get triggered and owned because uh, the the woman who's Sarah, she looks one of them in the eye, and that that activates like molestation mode. Yeah, that acti- um, that activates the like rape switch in every one of their heads, which apparently is a you thing never that exists. Activate that. Um, um, but yeah, yeah. They're like a uh, woman, brilliant. They're like a woman. Mm-hmm. Woman, yeah. They so they, they, they try and, like, same switch. They like menace her, and Rambo's like, "Don't like this." He's he's inching closer to going Rambo mode. He's nearly Rambo um, mode. Well, yeah, they, they specifically this. announced their intention, which is to kidnap Sarah, and if any of the others resist, they'll they'll kill them. Um, and you know, we you know, we, we surmise good, the good reason to have like clear organizational strategies. Mm-hmm. That's good management. You know, you keep mm-hmm. your subordinates looped in. Um, Mm. Unfortunately for them, Rambo is about to enter Rambo mode, and when they try to kidnap her, all right, all right. So th- there's a thing, right? Because of John Wick, and because of action movies of its generation, right? Every cunt has to have the ability to do a bunch of very fancy pistol shooting. We have literally mm-hmm. never seen Rambo use a pistol before, and no. I want to know. I want to know where and how and when has Rambo been practicing his ipsic like John Wick speed shooting motherfucking shit during his life of riverine snake fucking. He has nothing like, but time. He's been practicing. Oh, he's been hanging out. He's got his fast twitch muscle fibers right up there. That's why he's so big. It's all fast twitch. It's crazy. He just put yeah on the snakes. What else? <laughs> That's a great target. They're very small. Small head. <laughs> Folks, if you can hit a snake, you can hit a guy. I'm saying this. He pulls He's out his gun and snakes. like domes all these motherfuckers off in like 0. 0.3 of a second. <laughs> Everyone on the boat is like, oh, what the fuck? You killed him? And he's like, violence is cool. It's actually sick. That's his, I think violence that's the thing. Violence, he grabs yeah. the soy guy by the fucking lapels and like slams mm-hmm. him against one of the upright poles and is just like, it was cool that I did that. And he's well, like, he, I disagree. He executes, he executes one of the pirates. Who is, who is wounded, the, and, yeah. and Rambo executes him on the floor. And Michael, the soy doctor, is really upset. He's like, no, you can't kill people! And Rambo chokes says, him and shouts at him. Yeah, the, the Michael soy doctor says, I have to report this, which sort of begs the question of, to whom? <laughs> to whom? God? <laughs> the fucking Burmese river pirate cops? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we are reliably Those guys formed. Hate Do not exist. It, it's like more of the same guys, but they just have like cop hats. <laughs> <laughs> if you are a member of the Burmese River Pirate Police, please do write in. It's the if Burmese you are a member River of the Pirate Burmese Pirateers. River Estuary, fucking Estuary Police, <laughs> fuck off. We're sick of hearing from you. <laughs> this, this is ostensibly a movie about war crime. We hate the fucking <laughs> Burmese Estuary Police. We've said this, it's but on he, record. He turns, he turns the boat around and he dumps them all back in uh, Thailand. Mm-hmm. And Sarah comes to find him again because he can't have enough fucking heart to hearts with this woman. And 
much no, like no, sorry, a Viet- no, no, he doesn't mm. dump them in Thailand. He leaves them in he leaves them in Burma at their destination. No, you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah no, yeah. I've, I've confused this. What, mm. uh, the reason why I've confused this is before she gets off. Four weeks. Ago. I thought she did this in a, in a like separate scene on the boat, but like mm. whatever. She gives him a little crucifix necklace. Yeah, yeah. So which, you know, thanks for means, taking us. Good for you. Like. Women. That's the only are way. Emotional so, necklace dispensers. <laughs> this is the only way Sylvester Stallone, when writing a movie, knows how to imply that a woman has taken a shine <laughs> for someone is to give them a necklace. That's the second yeah. woman in his life has given. Damn, you're right. Like, you've forgotten about that. Oh. This, this also sort of like heavily implies that if he, if if in the next Rambo movie he gives that little crucifix to like. The, you know, like a girl a or child, something, yeah. she's gonna do Christian 9-11 20 years later. Mexican Which I'm not thrilled about. Mexican 9 Yeah. Next one's set in so- Mexico. This pretends. Yeah. My god, you're right. Sylvester Sloan just like <laughs> This women just be giving out necklaces because Rambo he wrote both of those. Like fully. Rambo doesn't comment on this. Rambo's not just like, uh, mm. uh, just be careful where you step. Just like, uh, just, <laughs> just for the next thirty seconds, could you just stay here? Like, don't go anywhere. Rambo's not like, wow, what a coincidence. Holy yeah. shit! Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, actually, maybe I don't want this. Like, take this back. Uh. Rambo drops them off in Burma, and they do some missionary shit, which is not, as they not describe yet. it. Not yet, though. They, oh, for they, fuck's sake. Okay. They, just, please please cut all of the bits where I get the scene wrong. So they, they walk off to do their missionary shit, and Rambo goes on his way back to Thailand, and he goes via the boat where the bodies of the And He, he has to cover it. up his murder from yeah. the Burmese river pirate cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. They're, they're tough. I'll get you. So he, he burns the bodies angrily. He's flashing back to Rambo's one, two, and three. Mainly two. Um... And then he throws his knife into the river. Mm. He's like, I'm sick of violence. Everyone hates me when I do it. Everyone's I so mad at me. Anymore. Yeah. Um, then the missionaries reach the village, and it's pretty... <laughs> uh-huh. Here we, it's here pretty we get heavy. a scene. Um, here we get a fucking scene. This scene is, look how nice Christian missionaries are. Um, yeah. It's shot from They're the doing... POV of the woman. It tracks her as she walks through the village, mm-hmm. and like, there's all the other members of her group, which is like talking to kids, like helping people. She walks past one guy, and he fully like takes his glasses off, kneels down to a kid, and goes, "Let's see what I can do for you." And I'm like, yep. "Shut up! <laughs> Fuck off!" They're, they're doing. They're doing physical and spiritual healing because they have some like Bible study classes, and I'm I'm Already? sort of writing down. If these people are Christians already, and they're being oppressed for being Christians, what do they need missionaries <laughs> The missionaries for? are rocking off and going, you ever heard of Jesus? And they're like, yes. And they're like, yes. We are familiar. <laughs> and again, her, her, her job is... Sarah, heard about him, yeah. Sarah's job is, is just wife. She, like, her husband's like fucking operating on kids or whatever the fuck, and she's just like going around. She's just giving being... her necklaces to every, everyone she meets. Yeah. Absolutely spitting um, them out like a broken vending machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, oh, what can we talk about? The, the, uh, there's a lot of like wounded kids in the village. Like before the village gets fucking annihilated. Yeah. Just what? want to take a note. Take Spoilers. a moment to note Jesus that like Christ. there's there's like kids with their legs blown off. Like when they're showing us the state of the village again, mm. it's really laying on the gratuitous like horror, and that is about to get worse because... Yeah, there's kaboom. so many women and kids in the village, and so many nice white people as well. Um, Don't get attached. Mm-hmm. No. 
So at this point, we have to do some war crimes. If you remember Rambo Three, the bit where the like the Soviets like attack helicopter the fuck out of the Afghan Sorry, village. Can we just clip you saying at this point we have to do some war crimes. <laughs> I'm, it's time. Yeah, you don't have to clip that. I'll say that at any time. Um, so <laughs> the 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 Tamador fucking start mortaring the village, mm-hmm. right? Um, and <sighs> we get a lot of gore. Um, yeah, because it's, it's, Captain it's, Sunglasses has selected the bloody mess perk from Fallout 3. Yeah. Um, so yes. people do just get turned into like chunks of like mince. Yeah, but they build to it. I really like that. I think this is a very like interesting choice that they made as they build to that. Like the scene starts out and there's like an explosion and everyone's like, oh shit, we're getting mortared. And people are running around and there's more explosions and no one's like really dying yet. And the first guy to go, remember the guy I just said who, uh, who kneels down, takes his glass off and he's like, let's see what I can do for you. He fucking pops like a balloon. And that's the <laughs> first bit of this that they show. Like, the first violence is mm-hmm. that this one white guy who they've been like, look how nice this guy is, explodes just into now, pink yeah. mist. And then they flip the big, the big explosion switch. And I, I, I really, we got a lot of switches here with the, the, you know, the rape switch and the Rambo switch and the explosion switch. Um, yeah, the stop I, I could talk about this scene for about an hour and a half, yep, right? Because too. it's fascinatingly, surreally violent in a way that, like, it, it, you know, it isn't meaningfully violence even, it's just gore. Like, it, the amount of stuff, it, it's so... Um, desperate to like push like violence and like the effects of violence on you that it sort of like it degenerates completely it loses all sense of like meaning or coherence until you're just it it becomes honestly and i swear to god this is like i come by this feeling absolute uh, from a place of absolute sincerity this scene is really funny and it's a scene about like it's war crimes so happening funny it there's there are points Right, because you get overwhelmed. It the they're trying to show ultra violence, but they're trying to show it like sincerely, and there's no real way to do that. It just there, I mean, there are ways to do that. People have made better films that actually get violence across well, but this one, all they have is gore and props. So all they're doing is just like splattering guys, and it so many dudes get splattered too. It, is the it other feels thing. like one of those. Like one of those comedians who's just like, are you triggered? Like, and it, and it's like, I am actually upset by what you're doing, but also it's kind of pathetic. Like, there's like, like children get shot, and we have like shown this. It's like, there's a guy running with a baby in his arms, and like he gets shot from behind, and the bullet goes through both of them. Like, people get set on fire. Like, women get clubbed to death. Like, it's just it goes on mm-hmm. and on and on, oh, no. and it it's becomes to the like point that this- pathetic. There's no like depth or texture in any of this, which means you don't feel any of it. Instead, it's sort of the opposite. There's a bit where, like, she, so she's running through the village. This whole scene is like her escaping the village, right? Um, and there's a bit where a kid gets blown to shreds by a mortar, and she goes, "No!" And at that point, I started laughing, and I kind of didn't really stop for the rest of it because it's like it's such a disconnect, and it was so poorly acted <laughs> it just sort of like it, it became like a sort of a parody of itself um, something happened to editing between Rambo yeah. 3 and this one because 
it's so staccato like no shot breathes mm. for even a second it's just like violence cut violence cut violence cut violence cut someone it, it, slams yeah. a kid into a fucking tree by holding the legs and it's like at this point there's nothing left in me and i'm just like looking at this and going okay someone throws a, ostensibly throws a child into a burning building but it's a doll and it pirouettes so so <laughs> nicely so- and it's you so start- obviously a, there's such a cut <laughs> and then it's spins. so obviously a doll after that oh it's it's the kind of shit you can only do if you think you're like saying something by doing it yeah and the thing is like they really really think they're saying something but there's no deliberation or hesitation in a way that would like make any of this work there's no sort of like texture to it it's just sort of like things running together like if you sort of pass this as it's presented the Burmese military have started firing mortars at a village and then immediately sprinting into their own mortar fire to go and like bayonet children into fires and it just sort of Mm. it it just falls apart what does it remind you of? the room in that it is Uh, absolutely sincere and yet Awfully executed. It's a hundred percent sincere. That's that. That's the worst part. We'll get into that. But I, I did learn something about mm-hmm. mortars in the course of this scene, though, which is that mortars work this way: either it hits next to you and you're fine, or it hits you and both of your legs fall off. And this happens Primarily, about fifty that's what fucking times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the first time you're like, "Oh, damn, okay." The fiftieth time you see an extra's CGI legs blow off, you, you just—it st- it, like it stops making an impact, and it's just like, oh, okay, we're just doing more of this now. I guess the reason why it feels ridiculous is because they—they they don't do any humanizing moments at all. Like it's just violence upon violence upon violence. Like if you were actually, you know, if God forbid, if you were experiencing something like this, like there would be other emotions than just like pain, fear, like. It's it's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's it's garbage. It's the worst. If you're currently experiencing mortifier, please go to killjoyswan.com/contact. Ah, I mean, I don't reply to those emails very quickly. If you are currently experiencing machine gun fire, stop writing in. We are sick of hearing from you. This is the weirdest running bit I've ever done. Is it the, the same the, guy is, who's writing it all the time? <laughs> yeah, the Burmese fire. river pirate. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I should also say, that in their attempt to like convey everything bad that's possible, they do also attempt to include some rape in this. But they're curiously squeamish about that, and that they, you know, obviously for like ratings reasons, they cut away from that. But then it's like it's even more striking that the next sort of like you know ten minutes of the scene are dudes getting their legs blown off. Um, it's like sort of st- it's it's a really striking double standard, you know, that this is uh, sort of like this is the kind of violence that's like sacrosanct and has to be sort of like like just implied, and this is the kind of violence that we're really gonna like zoom in on, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and of course, Captain Sunglasses is watching all of this happen, uh, and Sarah yeah. is captured and taken. We back get some to sad this. music, some sad captured white people music, which yeah. is going to be a, yeah. a recurring motif. Um, uh, and John, meanwhile, does not know anything about this. John is uh, dreaming about Colonel Sam from the previous Rambo mm-hmm. movies. R.I.P. 
So that actor sadly passed away after Rambo 3 before he could be uh, disgraced by appearing in this nonsense. Um, do you think Do you think Colonel Sam lived to see nine eleven? Is the real question. I, I think Colonel Sam died of a broken heart on nine twelve. <laughs> Ooh, that's what happened. <laughs> okay, either that or he died on nine ten, being like, "I've had a great career. I've safeguarded my country. I've done a really good job." Like, America has never been safer and more prosperous than it is right now. I'm but out. I, I think he. I think he's over, like baby. That. Good night. <laughs> he wanted to celebrate the end of a long career by going to Windows on the World. Um, and he picked a really bad day to do it. God, the main thing. being a US policymaker and dying in 2000 must have been the greatest life of all time. Just like sorted. Oh, yeah. I'm done. Just cash out. Hi. Just cash me out. Yeah. Francis Fukuyama, like putting his feet up and taking a big drink of coffee <laughs> on, on 9 10. Like, ah. <sighs> uh, reckon but, that's so, history uh, over. <laughs> because we're playing Rambo 3 again, the Rambo 3 CIA guy who's like, uh, hey bestie, Colonel Troutman has been captured, is here played by some other fucking guy mm-hmm. yeah. who shows up he's and a is missionary. like... He's a pastor, yeah. in fact. Yeah, he's the mm-hmm. he's like boss missionary and he's like, Rambo, <laughs> you <laughs> cannot believe what has happened since you fucking left that village. <laughs> Would you mind mm-hmm. going up there and getting my guys back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we, we hired some mercenaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, we see, did. He says to Rambo, "I've hired some mercenaries because I'm a pastor, and that's the sort of thing I do." Um, please, can you just guide the mercenaries to the same place you dropped the missionaries, and that'll be it? Um, and then Rambo's like, "Yeah, okay, sure. I, I'm guessing I'm I'm back." Um, so, Let me go to my brooding forge. Yes, he forges now, a new knife whilst this guy prays now he forges about the peace. new knife. Well, he does. Uh, it's more of a he, he gets a billet and he, he heats it up to about red and he draws it out yep. exactly three inches and then quenches it now <laughs> what the fuck are you doing <laughs> what are you doing he's doing the like he's doing the forged in fire like speed knife making <laughs> this um, will not and, and kill he, what are you doing he makes he makes a kind of machete I guess like a but cleaver. while he's doing it He's doing, he's like brooding to himself. And I have my my very first Rambo 4 drop, which is... You didn't kill for your country. You killed for yourself. Which is interesting, right? That could be a real sort of like emotional crux is like... Because from Rambo 1 to Rambo 2 to Rambo 3 to this, you didn't kill for your country is like an interesting moment of self-realization. Uh, and it's like, all right, cool, fuck America then. You were right in Rambo 1 when you were like, man, this place is terrible and I hate it. Um, and maybe that's why you've just kind of stuck around reinvading Vietnam and Afghanistan. This does not last. It's just a sort of like passing moment where he's like, nah, I'd do it because I like it. Uh, bye. And then we meet our gang of mercenaries who are oh boy. not exactly Oh boy, oh boy, noble. oh boy, oh boy. Because the thing is, right, when you're sending mercenaries to Burma, what you want to do is you want to send the most geezer English man as, in order to, I mean... I was in Burma. See? Precedent. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, no, that's him, actually. He's in this movie. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. the thing is, this scene... They're like, all right, we've got one fucking scene where these guys are going to be talking. <laughs> we have to f- make sure they get their entire deal across. And oh boy, do we learn all of these characters' whole deals as they just kind of sit on the boat 
and just say what their thing is out loud to nobody in turn. Yeah, there's a gang of about four or five missionaries, um, mercenaries, only two of whom are important. Um, the the leader is uh, I've just got him down as like Mr. SAS. I believe his name is Lewis. I call him Geezer because he's a fucking geezer, right? Like every time he's on the boat, he's going. I said to him, "Look, mate, that's what you get when you go trespassing into fucking Burma." Fucking Burma, son. Yeah. Um, Burma. He's fu- fucking Burma, also known as fucking Myanmar. He's very offensive. He uses like uh, ableist slurs, and, and like his his Twitch fans are really upset by it. Yeah. Um. There's also his his younger, nicer compatriot. He's just called Schoolboy, but I thought of him as Schoolboy Q every time. He, yeah, he just sort of turns around and says, apropos of nothing to Rambo, they call me Schoolboy. And I'm like, Iron They man. shouldn't call you that, but What? That's not a good <laughs> like nickname. Just, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't own that one. I'd, He's the nice one. I'd hold out for a nicer nickname. He's the nice one. He's the sniper. He's former SBS. He's the sniper. He's like a he nice guy. He looks like Nicholas Holt in The Menu, which mm-hmm. should... Mm-hmm. Caught me off guard the entire time. I don't know. I was gonna say he looks a bit like the guy from Lost, and then the Giza one looks a bit like the the other guy from Lost. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Giza Giza blames the mercenaries for their own troubles. He's like fucking god squatters, like getting themselves in trouble. Like yeah. we're gonna fucking sort this out. Sure, like, fucking uh, yeah. And um, so, so they get to the they get to the spot, and uh, there's these two local boys there who are like part of the resistance, I guess. Who are like, yeah, we'll guide whoa, you to whoa, the whoa, village. We skipped ahead of it. We skipped ahead of it. Have we? Because there's some. There is some more stuff on the boat, namely the um, uh, Giza dude. Like he he tests Rambo's resolve. Uh, weirdly, he, he is calling him he's calling him Boatman the whole time, and he's like he's calling him Boatman. Hey, boatman why can't the fucking boat go any fucking faster? Okay. Um. So yes. So I said they said yesterday. What I mean is last mainline Kill James Bond episode, uh, <laughs> Rambo three. Nate set out a thing called like Chekhov's Mongo. I want to put forward a, a separate theory here, and this is called big guy blindness, which is when yeah. you're, you're in a situation with the biggest man that God has ever created, and you're like somehow trying to intimidate him. And Lewis spends the entire scene like just trying to like intimidate Rambo, and it's comical because Lewis isn't small. He's a big guy, but he's like nothing compared to the this sheer is like, like the thieves in Skyrim who try and mug you with like an iron like, dagger when huh? you're standing there in like full <laughs> day trick armor. Yeah, so yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> also, I should say, intercut with this, we also get a, a little bit of stuff about what Sarah's up to. And what Sarah's up to is a kind of perilous torture porn that I think is significantly more twisted than most actual pornography. I believe so, yeah. Which is just sort of like being racially menaced by the existence of Burmese dudes. She's like tied up in a pigsty, um, and she's sort of like the guys walking around on the floorboards like above her, and it's just sort of like really gratuitous and weird and sort of like the 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 air is sexual threat, but again, we're not like making that explicit, even though we kind of made it explicit in a way that we cut away from in the you know in the village when we did it. I mean, to, let's like, be clear: people. like the sexual threat here is that there are men of color walking around. Yeah, like that's, that's what yes, the movie's yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. 
so so John drops them off uh, at the same place he left the uh, missionaries. Um, and then there's two local boys who are going to guide them. And uh, they said there's 100 soldiers. And uh, and Giza's like, stay with the boat, boat man. He uses some racial slurs. Oh, oh he, I, I, have, I have a fucking drop about that. He gets really, like, target fixated on the boat man thing. I've yeah. run a couple of lines together. Because basically this whole scene is him going, Hey. Why aren't you waiting with the boat? You're the boatman. You stay with the boat. He's the boatman. He stays with the fucking boat. He really wants him to stay with the fucking boat on account also, of him being the boat. Also, like, he's going like full JW Pepper mode on these like Burmese guys who are helping them out. <laughs> Realistic depiction of British person. Yeah. I'm too racist to trust them to look after the boat, so you, boatman, as the only white man, please stay with the boatman, boatman. Um... <laughs> And Rambo, John's like, I'm going to come with you. And he's like, no, stay with the fucking boat. And he's like, all right then. <laughs> yeah. I, I should also say that they're like uh, guides. They're Korean guides. No like uniform or anything. They're just like two kids. Yeah, no uniform, uh, no name, no character. Don't worry about it. No, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I should say that the the Karen uh, National Liberation Army was like a it's like you know emphasis on the army part. Like that's always a civil war. Uh, anyway, um, mercenaries yeah, so, go uh, to the ruins of the village, and mm-hmm. obviously it's pretty horrific. People that's, have been that's beheaded. That's where we get our title line. I've seen some shit, but I ain't never seen some shit like this. And then the other guy goes word in a really like <laughs> incongruous. <laughs> let me let me do the thing again. Man, I have seen some shit. Brother, I ain't never seen no shit like this. Word. 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 <laughs> Which, yeah. And, uh, and the like, mercenaries are like, well, the prisoners are almost like, like, certainly dead, but like, let's yeah. go check it out and then fuck off just like, tick the box. Right? The, the other thing is that they're like horrified, you know, these like hardened mercenaries are like horrified by the shit that the Burmese military has been doing because it's like so far like out of pocket. Um, Listen, man. <laughs> not to be like this, if you've been in the SAS... As as like two of these dudes textual, textually have like a decent part of your like working career is training people to do that shit. That's what it's for. Anyway, I hate to say it, CGI fly technology isn't there in the way that this movie thinks that it is. Mm. <laughs> because they got nothing but CGI flies, and they look like hot shit, and they're really distracting. Oh, they walk past Chekhov's bomb, which is a, a, a British, like, massive bomb that we dropped in the jungle and then just kind of left there, and it's leaking high explosive. Um, but whilst um, they are in the village, uh, the army arrive, because they're going to play their prisoner execution minefield game. And the mercenaries all hide, and then they, they love just... that shit. That's yeah, like the it's... fucking that's yeah. like the World Cup to them. Yeah, you know? um, in that they do it like three times a week. Um, but then the the mercenaries who are all hiding realize they're right in the firing line. Oh, it's like a very tense scene. You know, the the prisoners are being made to run across the minefield, and then who appears <laughs> with his with his bow and arrow? But John Q. Rambo. Oh, <laughs> uh, we've not seen him do Rambo shit. This whole fucking Rambo. movie. He's yeah. got a bow. <laughs> That's his thing. He's got he a fucking bow. In the Did head. he forge that as well? You see like him when... shooting. Well, he had the bow. You see him shooting these people. He shoots them, and then you, you don't see him. You're just getting the arrows flying out of nowhere. And it's then when he jumps last. into shot, the biggest man I've ever seen in my fucking life holding a bow. I don't know. I just laughed. Like, what are you doing? Mm, yeah, it's very funny. That's not the class you are, man. You're clearly a barbarian. What are you yeah. doing? Why are you doing stealth archer shit? Why have you got a fucking ranger bow? He has to have a, a, a sort of a fight with the geezer guy who's like, I don't give a fuck. We gotta go back to the fucking boat. Um, and the way that Rambo resolves this is by holding him at 
arrow point in a mm-hmm. shot that tracks along his arm and makes a very big deal of the like little crucifix that he's now wearing around his wrist instead of his neck. Mm-hmm. Um, just to make really explicit, thick, I guess. Rambo, Rambo is like God's Rambo now. He's um, yes, yes, he's a soldier of God now. That's the main thing about Rambo. So he's like, come on, we gotta so, go rescue them, or at least infiltrate see the camp. Whatever's left yeah. of them. Um, um, so they go to Captain Sunglasses' camp. They sneak in on a truck. One of the missionaries has been eaten by pigs. Yeah, like partially eaten. Um, meanwhile, all of the the troops are doing some more sexual menace, but in a way that's like the, the thing about the boys, right, in the Burmese military, is that they love to watch four women listlessly dance in total silence. And they do this for about an hour and a half, Yeah, it seems like. My note says, what is this scene supposed to tell us about the Burmese people? And then I don't think I've made another Mm -hmm. note for 20 minutes. No, Mm. It's just like, so there's these four women in not a lot of clothing who are being forced to dance, who are very clearly like upset by this. And for for the entertainment of Captain Sunglasses men who are like hooting and throwing things at them and then eventually assaulting them. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to make a note that that is that is happening in the background of what's happening next because uh, that's yeah, going to be important. Yeah, it lends later. no urgency to the the rescue attempt whatsoever. No, or, um, or indeed any sort of sense of like consequence to the movie. It's just sort of like a thing that happens to establish that these guys are bad, and also that they're distracted. Um, which yeah, I guess incidentally, is... in in the course of like hitting the big rape switch, right? Uh, like one of those <sighs> dudes sets off a smoke grenade in the like cabin that they're in. Yeah, and I don't know if you've ever like been around a smoke grenade. It's just like it's not conducive to like breathing it in, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, anyway. So is they, they've sunglasses like... about to non-saboy? Did I yes, understand what the film was showing me? Because this motherfucker gay. He's gay, uh, and that makes him extra evil. We see him like go into his cabin to like non-saboy. I actually don't know what age, um, but I, it doesn't. I don't think it matters to the movie. I think the point that the movie is making with this is just like this motherfucker gay. He's a gay pedophile, uh, which is yeah. more mm. depraved. Yeah, mm. and yeah. yeah. John rescues Michael, and then Sarah, schoolboy, is like silently taking out people because he's the sniper, um, and Sarah yeah, is led has... away. At which point, mm-hmm. Geezer's like, leave her behind, we've got enough of them, we've got enough of them, and Rambo's like, I'm gonna go get her. So cool, great. Um, she is about to be raped, it is implied, and then mm-hmm. John appears behind the but guy. only and- ever implied. We're <laughs> fully yes. showing that, like, yeah. it, within the sort of constraints of the, like, rating system, we're, we're sort of, like, making that pretty explicit about these other women. Not mm-hmm. the white one, though. Yeah, um, that was interesting. John, yeah, John appears um, behind this guy and stealthily kills him with a knife. Um, oh, sorry. Hold on. No, wait. He actually rips his throat out mm-hmm. with his rips bare hands. His throat out with his bare hands. Sorry, you could do um, that. Interesting. Um, so, so they've they've been abandoned by the geezer and his mates, but and so they're sort of like left exposed. But Schoolboy Q comes back for them, and because he's the sniper, he's he has the you know the rifle that when it hits you launches you horizontally about 50 feet. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, he's got like a Barrett 50. Like, what is happening mm-hmm. here, yes. man? He's, he's applied kinesis to some what of his arrows. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a transfer of kinetic that? energy. <laughs> if your body moved with the bullet, it wouldn't hurt. But uh, anyway. Um, and the reason yeah. I wanted to make a note of those four women earlier on is because obviously Rambo and Schoolboy and Sarah escaped the camp. Those four Burmese women are not rescued. No. Nope. Yep. Never, never, mm. like, confronted at all. No. Um, they, they do not matter. 
Um, this movie has an obsession of sexual assault. Just as much it prisoners does. as Sarah is, but they are not important. The movie- mm-hmm. And presumably just as Christian, by the way, if we've established oh. that about the Quran. Yeah, I wonder if there's anything else about them, though, that might discount the value of their lives. Impossible <laughs> yeah, maybe. to say. Uh, so, this movie loves to... My, my note here just says you have a fucking responsibility as a filmmaker to not do this. And I feel like I might have just written that 50 or 60 times, and that's the rest of my notes. But yeah. this movie will show you non-white bodies and go, look at how devalued these people are. And it's like, yes, by you. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. You're doing this. You've set up every part of this. You're not being true to life here. You're you're being loathsome, <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, it's it's barely even the like the Rambo three thing where it's like, oh, Rambo is a friend to all oppressed people. So he doesn't give a shit. Oh. Like he said, actually, he doesn't give a shit. He's just out here for himself, and because he now you know is there for Jesus, who is presumably white <laughs> in Rambo's imagination. Yes. Um, yeah. So during this whole camp escape sequence, uh, it's absolutely raining. It's pelting it down. In the morning, everybody's running through the jungle, which is very dry. Um, and you know, mm-hmm. there's one thing we know about the rainforest is that it dries very easily and quickly. Whatever. Sure. Um, at this point, my notes say Sarah's fur is cunt, and I think what I I think I can't read my handwriting, and it says Sarah's foot is cut, um, because I don't remember her wearing a fur coat in this scene. But that would have been amazing. No, maybe she, maybe she was wearing like a big fur coat. I don't know. Yeah, in the jungle nice. too. She's dedicated. Okay. She's gonna ruin that fur coat. It's so, so my notes running into Cruella here. Um, yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> Look, sometimes yeah, you meet so somebody and they've got a fur fetish like this. That happens. They're, they're trying to escape by river. And unfortunately, the plan sort of gets fucked here when they remember that Burma has a navy. Mm. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, yeah, so Katz's sunglasses geez- calls in, in, in the navy. Also, Katz's sunglasses mm. does a weird gay little walk. Like yeah. He like, walks like Elmer Fudd. I don't know what the fuck that's all about. <laughs> It's really quite homophobic, but in a way that's like baffling to try and explain. Yeah, it's almost the like they've told this actor, like, can you please mince? And he's gone, what is that? And they've given him like 10 seconds of explanation. And he's gone, all right. And this is what he came up that, with. That actor, by the way, is Karen. And so, like, he's depicting sort of like the, you know, genociders of his own people, but the way in which he's been forced to do it with the direction is like, Gay style, which I I don't know how I feel about that. Not good. Not positively. Not great. <sighs> Jesus steps on a fucking landmine and gets his legs shredded. He does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bitch made. Wouldn't have happened to me. I I don't remember what caused me to write this down, but my next <laughs> note is about to kill more dogs than the ATF. <laughs> I, oh yeah, they release some dogs. They release yes, some dogs. They do release the dogs, and we know we know that Rambo from Rambo One does not like dogs. Um, so uh, Rambo uh, helps Sarah and Schoolboy escape by drawing off uh, the the like. I guess the Burmese army and like you know firing guns in the air and getting them to chase him, and then he he borrows a claymore from Schoolboy and attaches it to the British World War Two bomb yeah. and like mm-hmm. like runs away and like blows it up as he's a big distraction. Um, no donkey noises in this one. No donkeys were harmed <laughs> no, in the making of this film. So we're sort of meant to like understand that this has taken out fucking hundreds of Burmese soldiers. Mm-hmm. The impact on the rest of the film nil. Absolutely not. May as well not have bothered. Yeah, because when uh, Sarah and Schoolboy get back to the boat, the lads have all been captured. Captain Sunglasses is there. Um, 
At this point, we get mm-hmm. transphobia. We get an- oh, this and is racism, interesting, yeah. actually. Like, a, 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 a good combo. Well, this is... I wrote this down, too. Yeah, so, yeah. so the geezer guy, he's being, like, uh, lightly tortured. And he calls the sunglasses guy a ladyboy cunt, begging your pardon. Which is an intriguingly racist piece of misaimed transphobia, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, wrong country. Famously, that's Thailand, which is a different country. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you're not meant to sympathize with him at this point, but you also kind of are. It's... I, I know I said we do serious film criticism earlier, I was like, it's deserted me at this point. I... I got a bit of serious film criticism, if anyone wants to hear some yeah. of that. Um, this movie loves to show the sunglasses man yelling, um, and when it does, it consistently leaves him untranslated. Mm-hmm. But it translates him at some point, which leads to you to know, if you, if you are using foreign languages, right, in your movie, and you're only translating them sometimes, you're admitting that every time you don't, that you're just using it as noise. Yeah. Like, it's just part of the scene setting for you. This bad guy's yelling shit into a microphone and it's left untranslated. Like, he's coordinating his actions and it's untranslated. He's not a villain with a plan, he's just foreign. Yep. They're just using foreign voices as part of the threat. That's it. Foreign yeah. and gay. You're really, it's, yeah, it's you've disgusting. really hit the nail on the head there, Dev. Mm-hmm. But, uh, just as the glads are about to be executed, who should appear uh, but John Quentin Rambo, who beheads mm-hmm. a, a man um, and steals sure. a big gun and starts... I, um, oh, I have some thoughts about the big, the big gun, gun. because... So we have we have Rambo on uh, what's like a, a pencil mounted M2 Browning machine gun. Uh, we have Schoolboy Q with the Barrett uh, M82. And my suggestion is, given the return of sort of like absolute gore, but in a sort of like good way, a way that we're meant to feel like positive about, the only thing that this film truly feels anything for is the 50 caliber Browning machine gun cartridge. Because we see it go into a lot of people, and we see in a lot of detail people get like blown apart by it and stuff. And it is absolutely a, like I, you know, I, I compared the sort of like the sexual menace of Sarah to being like more perverse than pornography. This is absolutely pornographic. This is pornographic, but yep. it's like it's pornographic for people who are sort of like aroused in a, like quite possibly in a sexual way, quite possibly in more than a sexual way by this kind of violence and. You know, we we get a lot of killing, we get a lot of violence. Sarah, all she does is cry, but you know, I'd be crying too if I was standing next to an M2 with no hearing protection. And I'd be crying too if I was on the set of Rambo Four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crucially, our Soyjack doctor uh... um, missionary. Now, listeners, <laughs> so so listeners, if I if I told you, okay, we've got a Christian missionary who thinks that killing people is always wrong. By the mm. end of the movie, obviously his arc is he's going to have to like kill someone and like commit some violence and, and learn that actually sometimes it's unavoidable. That's his arc. Okay. Now, what would be the most obvious possible way you could think for a Christian missionary to learn this lesson? Like, genuinely, what is your first thought? Obviously, you go, well, it's Cain and Abel. He's going he's gonna to mm. kill someone with a rock. But they wouldn't do that because that's incredibly fucking obvious, right? At, at the very least, like, let him use a hammer and, like, nail in someone. Like, maybe that, or is that too on the nose? But no, of course, he beats somebody like Cain and Abel. He beats a guy to death with a rock, right? It's like, okay, great, great. Thought you were really clever with that one, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, he has to learn independently that killing is good. Killing is based sometimes 
Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. apotheosis of my character arc. Thank you. Rambo 4. And yeah. is, is that also <laughs> the movie's like, statement? Like, yes. Yeah, killing genuinely. Is yeah. Yeah. Killing Sometimes is it rules, actually. Like, yeah. Uh, yes. The thing is, the action isn't even good. <laughs> like, yeah. no. it's shot. It's not compelling to watch. There's a flamethrower bow. Edited like shit. It's choppy. It's sped up. It's you know, shit. like if you're sacrificing everything just for the action and the action isn't even good, like you've got nothing. You know the movie within a movie in yeah. Inglorious Bastards, the Nazi propaganda movie, uh, where Daniel Bruhl's character is like he's a sniper in a church tower, and what seems like the whole movie is like gratuitous, incomprehensible shots of him like picking off Soviet soldiers with a sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and sort of like Hitler and all the audience like watching this and laughing. But, you know, that that's what this is. That's what that's aimed at. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's the same. And so Finally, yeah. Captain Sunglasses makes makes a run for it. Yeah, the 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 sort of the the Mujahideen arrive <laughs> in this case in the guise of the the Karen National Liberation Army again. Just some guys, just some guys with guns, uniforms, mm-hmm. boys. You can Google and it even. The thing, the thing that they do, which is hysterical for any sort of like student of insurgencies, is they let the army retreat in disorder. They just let them go. Um, <laughs> it, no, the guys who have been. That's firing the, the mortar. The guys have been bayoneting. The, uh, no, no. No wonder the civil war has been going on so fucking long. You just won't finish the job. Right. Uh, uh, but Captain Zabas makes a run for it, and of course Rambo appears mm. behind him like Batman, stabs him, and then pulls his intestines out. Yeah, the CGI yep. when he does that is like weirdly really bad. It's it's awful. Yeah. Considering all the practical stuff they've done, like it's it just looks really bad. Yeah. It's bad. And it's not apotheosis. These characters have never met each other before. Like, yeah. there's nothing no. here. This is a yeah, web situation. They don't really situation. have like, opposing viewpoints it's either. Like, like, who are you? As, as much as I sort of like have contempt for <laughs> Rambo <laughs> 3, where Zeissen was just sort of like, just kind of going around being like, who is this Rambo? Like, at least he fucking knew who he was. Yeah. Yeah, he knew his name. He's been having a time. He's been doing like whatever. Uh, he's been like doing his gay little war crimes. Yeah, and then he's, he's just thoughts, like been feelings, fully, maybe. fully disemboweled out know. of nowhere. <laughs> also, like, what ideological polar opposite does he represent to our protagonist? Like, what is like what being Burmese? And get, like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, genuinely yeah. the only thing. So anyway, Sarah and Michael reunite, and John is like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I guess I'm not gonna get pussy after all." Um, yeah, he's like, you know, the, he has learned to kill, so she's like, you know, she's oh, relieved. I respect you now. Um, yeah. Geezer's dead. <laughs> John walks away. And then we get this, which comes out of fucking nowhere. So yeah. we cut to the USA, where Rambo has somehow managed to go, despite not having a passport. Mm-hmm. And he walks up to a mailbox, which is like a ranch in Arizona, and he walks past the mailbox, and we see it has the name Rambo on it. And it's like, oh, he's gone home. And I'm like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Is that the completion of a character? Like, was that what this is about? Is you going home? Like this was mentioned once. Like what? How? How have the events of this film enabled you to, <laughs> to return to Arizona? Like what? <laughs> what does returning to Arizona mean? It's not really the monomyth, is it? Like, it's sort of like he refuses the call. He accepts it. Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Returns home. Th- there is one thing I want to note, which is he's dressed in his outfit from First Blood, right? His, his M65 jacket, his like Vietnam outfit. But with one crucial detail, 
he has taken the big American flag off of his jacket, the one that provoked oh, all of the like, like bullshit in Rambo 1. And I, yeah, I kind of do too. I don't really think it's saying what they meant it to. I think it is sort of inadvertent. I think it's an inadvertent admission of nihilism, right? That you know, Rambo, this guy who like was a drifter, who you know stood for you know wanting to survive and wanting to get by, and then you know whatever fucked Cold War version of like the oppressed peoples of the Earth we want to convey in Rambo two and three. He's now just a guy who likes disemboweling people, um, and you can you can go home and you can be. A normal American, which is an insane thing to think that this is that this guy can be really bad. <laughs> and that's Rambo Real Four. Bad. Rambo Four. It says four. so much about masculinity, namely that you have to kill. Yeah, yeah, it does. Which is a really sad and damaging thing to tell young men, or indeed anyone who believes even falsely that they might be a young man. It's a really like mm. nasty message to tell someone that like. Masculinity is about being able and willing to commit violence, and like it's yeah, bad and to do against that. like perceived racial inferiors. Yeah, it's as bad well. to do that, but also it's like based. Like it's it's mm -hmm. it's not. It's based. Movie, this movie made me sad. It really made me sad. Mm -hmm. I can you read. know what you know. You know what I think about it. Mm -hmm. It's ironic, isn't it? Yeah. So I can read a quote from Sylvester Stallone here. Um, Please. He says. This was an interview later on after, after a couple of bits later. He says, One film I'm truly proud of, it's the best action film I've ever done because it's the most truthful, is Rambo 4, dealing with Burma. Uh, I was really happy with the film. I never thought it would reach this theatre, I thought. They're never going to show this. He said that it did justice to capturing the reality of civil wars. And this, mm. I have a few choice words, but I, I can't say them. Um, but the first one is, no, it sort of doesn't. Like, I mean, it kind of does in the sense that it's just like violent and pointless. It makes it, well, you feel bad. Yeah, but like, it kind of like but, e even the sort of like quote unquote realism of the violence. It's just like this. This is a dude getting lost in the source. This is an actor who has been playing action heroes too long and has forgotten that he's an actor. Yeah. This. I mean. So, what's the thesis of the movie? The movie wants you to be like war. I mean, there's a lot of war going on in Burma, and it's bad. But it's no, there are effective anti-war movies that show violence, right? There are like movie you can make a movie that is anti-war and uses gratuitous violence. You can do that really effectively. It has been done. It's come and see. You don't have to watch it. It's really hard to watch, but like it exists and if you want this you can watch it. This movie is more obsessed with spectacle because it just gets so into the action. It gets into the violence. It takes so long showing you it. It gets over obsessed with it. And in <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's not come and see, right? It's like, hey, check this out. It's, it's like, yeah. hey, fucking, like, <laughs> avaganda at this. It's... I think the thesis of the film is genuinely uh, wars make men of us. And that was literally like the arc words of the villain in my, in my show when I wrote The Prince. Like, that, that, is, that is what the villain of the show <laughs> believes and needs to unlearn. And this movie's just like, yeah, it's true, based actually. I, I genuinely think that this is best understood as pornography. Um, I, I, I think that that's the sort of the cultural valence of it. I think that that's the intent of it. And yeah, I hate it like profoundly. But you know, I I don't just have to hate it profoundly. I can hate it numerically too mm -hmm. because we, we have, have a science-based science system. Uh, ten, 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 ten. Scum system. Well, across the board. 
Well, I don't yeah. know about that. Um, so we have the SCUM system, which stands for SMOM, Cultural Insensitivity, Unprovoked oh, Violence, and Misogyny. I, I think it's going to probably score pretty highly later on, but I think the S for SMOM might save it because I don't think this no. is a particularly SMOMy movie. You fool. All the dialogue is so movie. Everything that Rambo is mm-hmm. saying about, like, hang on, let me just pull some, like, I'll go find some quotes. If you, don't, if you don't stand for something, you'll die for nothing, I think, is one of them. True, when, when you're true, pushed, true. killing's as easy as breathing. It's got a, a wicked quote dot Rambo dot. I don't think it has as many, like, movie ass lines as Rambo 2 and 3. I remember thinking that it has more, but also I can't back that up because I watched this three weeks ago and I don't remember any of them, but I, I, I remember having that sense from it. I would be willing to go like a three or a four on Smarm because you're right, it does have some of those like movie ass lines, but I don't think it is as, as Smarmy as like previous Rambo entries. I think two and three were really, <sighs> really Smarmy. To, to compromise, compromise candidate and say three. Okay, let me throw this at you. How proud of itself is this movie? Because it like all of the decisions mm. that were made in the production of this movie feel to me like someone who is like we have something to say and we're just doing nothing but saying it. It's a movie that thinks it has a, a colossal point to make and is making it so often and so self assuredly and pleasedly that I find the whole the whole valence of the movie to be smarmy. That's a good for like so. So you're you're viewing Smarm as not just a, as inherent to dialogue, but in fact to like mm, yeah, okay, I can see. I, we've, yeah. we've definitely yeah. mid bonds. We ask the question, how pleased with itself is this movie? Mm. Yes, I think you're right. You know this you, this interpretation is grounded in in the history and tradition mm-hmm. of, of of the people of. Oh, I'm, I'm a textualist, and always have been. <laughs> An advanced <laughs> marmologist. Yeah. yeah. In that case, you know, considering how pleased with itself the movie is, uh, yeah, I could definitely see scoring it higher, like a six, maybe. I, I think you could, you could certainly describe a lot of the like righteous violence as being filmed in a way that is deeply smarmy. Like mm. when it shows a guy get disemboweled, sort of like at great length, and is like, "Check this shit out." I think that's very pleased with itself. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I think okay. You think you talked me around there. I could go as high as a six or a seven for that. All right, seven. I, I, I've, I've sort of like really been a bellwether there. I acceded to both sort of like interpretations of Smarm immediately. Cultural <laughs> no, I think you've won me around there, oh, Dev. I think that's ten. some good fucking, some good, some good scholarship. That's Thank some you. good podcasting. Thank you so we, much. We're like serious film critics on this podcast. We are. Yeah. Cultural yeah. insensitivity. <laughs> ten. Ten. Great question. Uh, uh, ten. 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 Yeah. Ten. Holy just, shit. Just awful. The sheer devaluation. On, on, mm-hmm. oh. Especially your point, Devin, about like the the untranslated dialogue that's just used as like foreign noise. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. when it's yeah. the main villain of your movie. Yeah, it's just it's it's not great. To do. Yeah, his whole deal is foreign. Yeah, that's the only yeah. thing that separates him meaningfully from Rambo is he's foreign. I'm I'm just trying to think about what the other Rambo's would have been like if you just hadn't translated like any of the Russians, for instance. <laughs> if if they'd just been like torture if they'd been like electrocuting the shit out of his balls in like Rambo First Blood Part Two and they'd just been speaking Russian the whole time, that would be yeah, perversely something. You swap it around, right? You you make a movie, release it in a Burmese market, and it's Rambo one and Rambo is speaking uh like a Burmese dialect, whereas the, the sheriff is just saying gobbledygook. Like he has no idea. Like just yeah, untranslate yeah, yeah. these like American. Yeah, cops. I just I just bet in my heart that there's a really cool like Burmese poster for First Blood out there. Mm. But 
So we gave Rambo 2 a 10 out of 10 for cultural insensitivity. Ooh, okay. And I think this is actually worse. I think it is, yeah. 11. I don't, I'm These unwilling to 11. break. How, what is the highest number we've ever given something in a single category? We've never given anything more than 10 because it's supposed to be out of 7 and 10 is supposed to be a, like extreme situation. I, th- I think we shouldn't leave it as a decimal okay. cap. Yeah, all right, 10 it is. Like, couldn't possibly score any higher. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> unprovoked. <laughs> you want to know what this movie's fucking problem is that it f- shoots all violence the same. It has one fucking playbook. Yes. Yeah. The violence you're supposed to find unattractive and, like, disgusting is shot exactly the same as the violence that you're supposed to think is cool. That's where yeah. it fucking falls down. They yeah, even yeah, yeah. use the same mortars. Yeah. I forgot about this, but there's this, there's this bit where the, the Karens use the same mortars to attack the army, and it's like the same dudes getting their legs blown off, and you're like, this time it's good. Like, yeah, Yay! Yeah, because it's being done against people who aren't white. Yeah, 10. Yeah. 10. Yeah, number one, people getting their legs blown off, and it's like, oh no. And the second time, people are getting their legs blown off, and it's like, child yay dot wav. It's like, <laughs> it's it's racist both coming and going in that it's both like both times it's being oh, applied largely the people who aren't white but like <laughs> alright turn that down and put big it in che- when I said it was big cheer for racism yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so misogyny <laughs> then 10 well, gotta no. be 10 <laughs> well to be fair so, okay let's, let's think let's about this objectively so yeah. The f- okay, the, the, the non-white women that are just abandoned in the camp on the way out. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely yep. count. That definitely sexual counts. threat is used. Textual, it's, it's textual explicit sexual assault yep. for uh, non-white women, uh, sexual menace for white women, but that is portrayed more seriously mm-hmm. and more threateningly. Mm-hmm. Uh, no non-white woman has a speaking role. Yeah, the nope. way that the, the role of the female character is to be nurturing and loving and i think you care and i think you and like i think so much could have been improved had just one of the mercenaries been a woman mm-hmm. had, if we just had like one tough girl one like ramirez like one shaved head like muscular girl and like would have been <laughs> you keep the geezer exactly the same but gender swap her yeah just Ooh. any other role for woman other than either like victim of sexual assault or like I'm here to be nurturing and kind and teach you how to love mm. again it's female geezer is played by Helen Mirren just as an actress it's boring more than anything oh yeah there's nothing to do it's boring and it's offensive mm-hmm. are there any other women even in this no no it doesn't pass the do, doing a sort of like radical radical theatrical deconstruction where we adapt Rambo for the stage with all with an all female cast I would fucking love to see that. That would actually genuinely be sick. I think we should do that, actually. Copyright. I mean, listen, listen, if you ever want me to be on my extremely annoying, like, uh, sort of playwright shit, I'll, I'll, I'll knock that out for you. <laughs> Check but, out yeah. Abigail Thorne's <laughs> Twitter for the thread of her trying to acquire the rights to Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I called 60 people trying to get the, the thing for we Rambo. We will get Rambo uh, and we will adapt it for the stage. Yeah. <laughs> I uh-huh. would, Rambo the musical? That'd be great. <laughs> Rambo the hip opera. Yeah. Okay. God. Uh, Rambo post-electric play, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, misogyny, I, I'm again, I'm holding out for a 10. I don't think it's the most misogynistic film we've ever seen. What do you think is? I, what's our highest rated? Probably Goldfinger. Misogynistic uh, movie. We definitely should have, Goldfinger, like, a, Goldfinger does have a corrective rape, yeah. That is yeah. true. Oh, that we, is true. We gave that a 9, I think, on misogyny. I... I 
honestly think it might be worse than Goldfinger in some ways, but I'm, I I think we can give it equal billing. I think we can give it a nine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, this could get yeah, more misogynistic. It, yeah, mm. that's true. Does it, do we want to give like a it seven? It should eight? and must also. <laughs> Rambo 5 tens across the board. I want it. Well, the reason I, I think nine is that, that I think there's a peculiar interaction of sort of like of misogyny and cultural insensitivity of misogyny and racism to be clear mm. yes yeah yeah that sure. that isn't present in goldfinger and that i think we would be remiss not to include yeah i'm happy to give it a nine if you are yeah by all okay. means. all right that gives it a total score of 36 i was holding out for that 40 which means that rambo 4 is the worst movie we have ever seen on the podcast Blowing out of the water our previous winners, which were Tide, Atomic Blonde, <laughs> uh, Live and Let Die, and Austin Powers 3. A really interesting <laughs> trifecta there. They were all sitting joint on 28, but Rambo 4, the new worst film we've ever seen on 36. A truly execrable crime against cinema. It's it's entirely merited, is the yeah, thing. It, it is, is like a profoundly oh, fascist movie. Yeah, I like spiritually I agree. Like this this is the worst film we've seen on the podcast. No, it's like, awful. I, it's, I had it's a horrible time watching it. This is this is a movie yeah. so bad that when I watched it I felt it necessary to provide like content warnings in the group chat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which we didn't provide for any of you. You don't get those, just us. Mm. I am going um, to put them in the description. Don't fucking worry about that. Yeah, it, it made me feel awful watching this film, and I'm sad film that I wasted sucked. my time on it. You know what I want to put in the description for this? I want to put in some some donation links for, uh, like, Koran refugee mm. and healthcare stuff. I want to do that. Mm. Um, oh. it'll, it'll be in there with the SAG-AFTRA stuff yeah, and, and yeah, UCU unions. as well, actually. Really needs a bit more money. Nice. Fuck it, that'll be in too. This is the worst I've ever felt having watched a film on this podcast. Like, I don't know, even when mm. the film is bad or offensive, normally it's like, oh, fuck off. But this one, I'm genuinely like, oh, this left me actually feeling bad. It's because he yeah. reckons he's doing a great job of it. That's the bit that, like, really yeah. makes it so yeah. repeating. Mm -hmm. So it leaves, leaves a really Disgusting. bad taste in my mouth, too. Mm. Um, but... Only remains for me to say thank you for listening. We have a Patreon. After you've hit all of those donation links, you can subscribe to it. We are going to do another bonus episode. The next one's going to be Serpico to be sort of much of a muchness with uh, with Copland. We're going to do we got one more Rambo, one more bonus episode, and then we enter the season of Solidarity. That's uh, right. So look out for that. Uh, in the meantime, goodbye. See ya. Do, do I have the right one? I was in Burma. There we go. <laughs> All right, stop the I thing. Hope someone does kill him. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Kill James Bond. I'm quite genuinely drunk. Uh, we recorded a double bill. We did Rambo 4 and then the next bonus episode, which is Serpico, and we did those as a double bill from 7 until. Uh, 11 p.m. on a Sunday evening so you know obviously I've been drinking um, but now this is a free episode which means that if you're hearing this you may not necessarily be a patreon of our beloved kill James Bond but if you would like to become one first things first if you have any spare money please throw it the way of SAG-AFTRA, WGA, the DSA fund that I've got in the comments as well, um, and the UCU, 
these two is unrelated, but they are currently on strike still, and their uh, strike funds could do with a little bit of extra money um, for reasons that it's not pertinent for me to get into right now, but are quite pressing about marking. But after all that, if you've still got a fiver burning a hole in your pocket, why don't you head on over to patreon.com slash killjamesbond, all one word, and sign up for our Patreon. Special thanks to our £15 and above patrons, and those are Low Bjorns Dotter, Candy Fox, Frere Aloysius, Gustavo Lira, Jack Holmes, Mike Burke, Hannah Oberhart, Nick Boris, Power Dad, full caps, very good, George Rohat, Kentucky Fried Commie, Johnny Del Camino, Yarek, Drone Lover, Natamori, Cohen, Enright, Labor Delenda S, Library Hitman, Ozzy Mandius, Beef Crime, Max Gamenhart, Jack Drummond, Jonathan Gerdes, Callum, Bernie, Kit Divine, Hell, J. Martin Del Top, O. Mothman, Trip, Isomate, Thodomus Prime, a trans robot, Mae Victoria Roth, Junior Roloff, uh, Smash Lumpjaw, Kill James Bond Highlights, how you doing, bud? Zan Hutchins, Steve Widdishins, Trucker Blondie, David Alexander, Joyous Uwu, Isopot Gal, Clarification, Alex, Violet Cyber, Liz Nash in Florida, Katie Brobes, Noblis Oblhage, Corvid Cultist, John 2089, Bronan, Walscott, Connor's Cool Big Sister, Pink Freud, Ramona Random, Sengchen, Carbon Silverpore, Annie Ruby, Varadzukart, Zoe Shepard, Douglas Winship, Emily, Queen of Offs. Fuck, there's a lot of you. Uh, Quinn, Valeri, Loz, Pycock, Alfredo, Mortran, Tursi, Shit and Die Alone, Al Irwin, Wolfie, Finn Ross, Inga, The Goblin, Millie, Josh Simmons, Robert Greensmith, The Even More Curious, Kaylee V, Lauren Bastin, and Philippa Smith. Yeah, well, that's the fucking podcast. Alice, Abby, Devon, Nate, uh, Maddie Lubchansky, Tom Allen. Mwah.